genre. What up, everybody, and welcome to Tales from the Short Box, a once-weekly Wednesday podcast where we talk about comic books. My name's Adam Sheehan. I'm here, as I'm always here, with the other people that are on this show, Sean Petit. Yo. Casey Crawford. Hello. And RJ Vite. Heyo. As a courtesy, I want to remind the listener, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. If you ever read the books we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to spoil those for you. So I'm going to give you timestamps in the episode description so you can skip anything that you might need to skip. Our top story this week is... The Invisibles, book one, by Grant Morrison, Jill Thompson, Steve Yowell, and Daniel Vazo, as well as a whole bunch of other folks. We'll probably, we'll, you'll hear more names as we get into it. I guess the first top story in a while where the, where you didn't have to double up on author names. That is true. <laughs> right, yeah. I got a break on that, on trying to figure out a funny way to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, we've, we've been uh, gearing up for this story for a long time, and I don't think we're ready still. I think we... Uh, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not, not ready. I'm not equipped to do this, but I'm, I'm going to fucking try, and uh, apologies in advance for how far off the deep end I'm going to go. I've yeah. lost my mind like six times in the last week, because I also <laughs> reread the entire series to be ready for this. Too much. Um, it's too much to do that quickly. Uh, That's no, it was the perfect Morrison. amount, because I get it, man. I have transcended. Sure. Sure. The fucking dimensions. Sure. Mm-hmm. I am Barbaleth. I am Barbaleth. Got it, John. <laughs> sure. Uh, whatever, you, whatever you say, bro. Um. So, <laughs> uh, I think we got some some pretty good feedback on last week's episode that it was fucking hilarious. Like, uh, one friend and listener and customer, uh, dude named Brett, came up to me and was like, "Hey, number one, sorry for the fact that you're going through all these medical problems, but uh, I'm not sorry at all because it was fucking hilarious." Um, so I have bad news for everyone. I went to the fucking doctor. <laughs> I know I'm no longer funny. Uh, can't believe you he- trying to heal yourself. <laughs> what a fucking sellout. What a piece of shit. <laughs> Probably use insurance too. You fucking loser. You know what I did? Uh, it was really funny cause I, I went to, uh, so I got the, the doctor cause like, Hey, can you um, prescribe me all these life-saving medications that I've been getting through apps up until this point? And she's like, yeah, let's go. And then I went to the pharmacist and explained that because like one of them was like, she's having trouble getting through. I'm like, yeah, I'm just switching from an app to this. And she's like, so telehealth, did you, did you like that? I'm like, no, but I didn't really have a choice. It's a great solution when you don't have a choice. (laughs) So big supporter of telehealth for our uninsured friends out there because life is a fucking nightmare. Sponsored Um, by the medication app. Yeah. Sponsored by, sponsored by K health, new RX. And what was the other one? Cove for migraine medications. I am sponsored by them. A Pfizer company. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you know that shit's all sponsored by the goddamn Sackler family. Um, Yeah, exactly. There it is. (laughs) And Mark Cuban. Ugh. Ugh. Fuck it. What was Pharma Bro's name? That guy. Um, No, Scarelli. Scarelli. Yeah, doesn't doesn't, uh, Mark Cuban have like that discount drug app store? Right? Yeah, he's he's yeah. trying to. Fix oh, he's it. actually a good person. I don't know. He's just yeah. Fucking, he's just a cat. He's a capitalist. I wouldn't I don't go know. that far. Yeah, he's 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 making money on a way to fix it. 
So mm. no. <laughs> so not not great. Yeah, he's trying Better. to fix. Well, you know, it's fine. yeah, yeah, whatever. Let's just move off this topic quickly. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to you go gotta make money somehow. Yeah, so we get to the well. invisibles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not deal with any of this. No, we're not going to talk about anything that's like really complicated no. or uh, uncomfortable or uh, taking down the fucking state. None no, of no. those things. We're going to talk about S and M. S and M as a form of revolution, <laughs> my dude. But, um, but yeah, no, I went to the doctor and the doctor was essentially like, huh, that's, uh, that's, that's fucked up. And I'm hey, like, yeah, yes, thanks, bro. yes. Um, but honestly, she was very helpful. I, I don't think that it's, um, a, a coincidence that I went to a women's clinic that only hires femme nurses and doctors. Uh, and, and they were just like. I just want to listen to your concerns and your needs and your your and like listen and help. And they're like, also, do you want a pap smear? And I'm like, we can just do that. That's a thing. Yeah, let's do it. I got a fucking I got a fucking flu shot, a pap for- smear. I went I went I just I got the whole fucking like a buy one get one. It was a, it was a, it was a one stop shopping at the doctor's office. Give you and it coupons, fucking ruled. Uh, yeah, card. honestly. Did you honestly. get a bagel with that schmear? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find a way in so I could make a schmear joke. You beat me. You beat me. Uh, but yeah, uh, no. That's just like, always been a funny word to me. Pap schmear. <laughs> always been a funny word. It's not schmear. <laughs> it's not. It's not Yiddish. <laughs> no, no, it is. <laughs> It is. Anyway, um, <laughs> have you heard anyone say it other than any other way than that? No, you haven't. That's fair. I can't argue that. That's how, um, yeah. But yeah, so hopefully, you know, because I was basically like, "What the fuck should I do, Doc?" And she's like, "I don't know. Let's just go fucking emoji. scan. Let's scan yeah. all your shit." And then yeah, she uh, she got me a referral for not only an allergy specialist but also a dermatologist. So my shit might actually be figured out, and then everyone will laugh when i am actually found to be allergic to dinosaurs so who's laughing be, now it's asshole? gonna be something so you, way more innocuous it's gonna be something else it's gonna be hilarious or it's gonna be like tattoos <laughs> uh or plants oh, like your no. tattoos are you're slowly becoming allergic oh no you would be funny ink that's already if you say skin. dogs and cats i'm gonna punch you no I'm i was gonna, gonna go <laughs> to your house and I'm i was gonna you. say something really specific that zach puts in his terrariums <laughs> <laughs> Like soil, like I'm yeah. allergic to. Yeah, like whatever like, specific soil he uses. In or like springtails, the little yeah. teeny tiny bugs that he puts in all of them. Yeah, um, something yeah. super specific. No, I know I'm allergic to fucking polyester, and I know I'm allergic to neoprene. And like, guess what? Those are made of dinosaurs, so it's probably dinosaurs. So like, fuck <laughs> all of you. They're made of dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was it. Was it felt nice to be be validated that I'm not fucking because I went to one. I did go to a dermatologist at one point, and she literally just like gaslit me out of the room. It was like, yeah. ah, here's like 20 days of prednisone. Go fuck off. And I'm like, that's too much. That is too like that's that's a dangerous amount. I'm allergic to your bullshit. Uh, aren't we all? That might you know, be it. Really, that's what it is. You're just allergic to it all. Oh, that was, that was what it. I was gonna. That was what I was gonna tell you all about. Um, so there was one thing. That will surprise absolutely no one. Um, the doctor is very concerned that I have like startlingly high blood pressure for my age. <laughs> no. Yeah, uh... I know. It's fucking crazy. She's like, how's your diet? And I'm like, diet's Terrible. fine. It's probably the heat death of the planet and the fact that like drag is illegal in multiple states. Like that's really, that's if we got to look for a 
a fucking culprit for my high blood pressure. It might be the, like, police state in, like, Cop City in Atlanta. And, like, there's a lot of stuff yeah. that has nothing to do with the, like, mac and cheese I eat. <laughs> but then also the mac and cheese. The mac and cheese also, isn't like, helping, it's okay? Not, it's not helping. It's not helping, but it's, it, you know, we need to find happiness somewhere. Yeah. And it's You're in cheddar in- goblin mode. I'm yeah. in fucking cheddar goblin happiness mode. I have to I have to seek comfort in mac and cheese because I remember went to I awful. went I went to the doctor uh not too long ago. It's like the first I needed to get like a new like uh primary doctor or whatever. And they're like, Oh, we'll do a blood test while you're here. It's like, all right, cool, no problem. I hate getting my blood drawn because uh everyone who's ever done it on me has fucked it up in some way. Oh, and no. this was uh this was no exception. She missed it twice, and I was like, "You're done." <laughs> yeah, I was get like, out. "We're doing this a different day because you can't fucking find a vein, so we're out." And then they took my blood pressure after and told me it was high. I was like, "Yeah, no shit." Yeah, I'm real mad. <laughs> <laughs> why would they take? Why? Why after that interaction would they be like, "You know what? We should take his blood pressure." <laughs> Dude, he's mad. They also dangled these keys in front of me and started clapping <laughs> like, really hard. I was like, what? "We just time punched think, him in the face yeah. and then took his blood pressure." <laughs> of like all of my like, that's like the only hang up i have like with that shit like you if you get one shot if you get in we're good <laughs> shots i'm good take them by blood if you miss you're done i'm out mm. <laughs> i have a thing with fu- the one time they did it it i it's just a reflex i flexed i guess or whatever and it got stuck under my bicep <laughs> oh, so, like, oh no so like bent and then i oh. they took and then they took too much and i passed out oh jesus yeah See, no that- wonder you have a, a why is it green line <laughs> yeah yeah for some so reason weird, no matter like no matter how much blood they take for blood work i i pass out i don't yeah. know why <laughs> that's I not surprising <laughs> <laughs> well I yeah think, and i yeah, also I um is, i haven't been to a doctor in over five years and every doctor experience except for this one has always been extremely negative like i just have really yeah. bad really bad history with doctors and like my mom has bad history with doctors so it's just this like total mistrust of the entire system and like going in expecting that I'm going to have to like convince them that I'm actually experiencing something that mm-hmm. I'm experiencing. Mm. Yeah. Like before that, it's like migraines and it's like, have you considered you're faking it? And they're like anxiety. Oh, and it's like, have right. you considered not being anxious and depressed? And I'd be like, I didn't think of that. Sorry. Let me try that. I'll get back to you. Exactly. So like <laughs> the fact that I like, the fact that I wasn't gaslit was an, an unbelievable yeah, shock. And nice. like, yeah, of course my blood pressure's high. I came here expecting to swing on you. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, like, yeah, fight my way a- out of this amped. building. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, I, it, I, it could be that, or it could be, yeah, like, no one fucking and, likes any number there. of things yeah. that are happening in the world. Uh, the boxing gloves with the Kotika staff on them. Yeah, just my fighting doctor gloves. Yeah, fucking Christina got blood work done the other day. She's like, yeah, I was in and out. I was like, she's like, I walked in, I was in the chair. She had a fucking needle in my arm, drawing blood in like thirty-five seconds. I'm like, I need to go to this place. Yeah, go to that place. <laughs> whoever that person is, that is a fucking professional. <laughs> uh, I also uh, will shock no one. Don't really have a problem with needles. Uh. And the joke, since this is an audio medium, I am covered in tattoos. I'm so. generally really good. <laughs> like shots, I've had like mm-hmm. had to do like a bunch of stuff. I've had like weird, random operate. Like I had to like get something cut off my arm that didn't like it was like some weird thing that didn't heal right, so it like ballooned outside of my body. It was fucking gross. Like so doing like anesthetic and stuff, or I like, had to get like anesthetic on like my foot because they had to like laser off shit off my foot. 
it's always fun when you realize that they missed the zone that's um under like Novocaine because then it hurts really really bad and then oh, they go back. No. <laughs> mm, but yeah, needles and like that, like that go in like shots, no problem. It's only that's like my only like medical hang up um, is fucking this, getting blood drawn. This yeah, like same. It kills um, me. I, tr- I, like, trigger warning for people that I have problems out. with like teeth stuff. But one time I had to have like really minor dental surgery and they didn't give me enough Novocaine. And they're like, oh, can yeah. you feel that? I'm like, yes. Sure can. They, they did not listen. And then I had. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was yeah. a bad Because I'm a very good time. patient because I'll just like, I'll like. Yeah, I'll so just, I was just like, okay, I guess it's this I'll, is fine. I just you grab onto me, something and just like, all right, just fucking hurry up. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please, please hurry up. The please only go. thing I'm like, you, you're you done is blood work. That's the only thing I'll just like, nope, see ya. You you suck. I'm out. <laughs> when, I was a, when I was a kid, I used to have to get allergy shots every week. And that yeah. was two a week. And, and that was. And her, those are tough. Yeah. Uh, and they would make your arms swell out for mm-hmm. an extended period of time. Everyone I know who's gotten them, like, they're like, yeah, that's like the worst shot. Like, mm. they're uh. brutal. And you have to get I a hope, shitload of them. <laughs> I hope I don't have to get that. Well, they're probably going to do the allergy test where they just poke your arm with 50 fucking things oh. and see what, see what reacts. <laughs> you know what's fun? Can't do it on my arm. We'll do it on your back or your leg. Somewhere you got free skin. I don't have much space. That's, well, that then is then part your of face. the trouble of this. Then you're going to have yeah. a weird looking <laughs> face for a while. It's literally just like my boobs. Because <laughs> that's yeah. like the one non-tattooed Dude, part of my gonna body. Be, you just do your forehead and it just it's permanently red. It's like, oh, maybe <laughs> that's just, the problem. Uh, I'm allergic I, I, to I, I, everything. Yeah, I picture them telling Casey that they have to do a skin test and that so she just gets tattoos wherever they're planning on doing it. It's like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Fuck you, nerd. Because <laughs> one time I went to the dentist and they... Uh, told me I had to get teeth pulled, and that was before I had any dental work like that Mm. had ever been done, and I was terrified, so I literally wiggled one loose on my own between appointments. Oh, no! I was, like, so terrified I did it myself, and I was just... (laughs) And then it turns out it was the wrong one. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) They're like, all right, well, we just took out the tooth, but the one next to it is really loose for some reason. I think I would have... I think I would have just screamed the whole time if that had been the case. Um, Dude, I love. Oh, I got my wisdom teeth out. It was the best because they just gave me Vicodin and all I could eat was mac and cheese. I'm like, this is the greatest week uh, of my life. My, mine was super. <laughs> yeah, getting my wisdom teeth out was super easy. And my friend was like really jealous because when she did it, it was terrible. And she was like, it's going to be terrible. And I, it was the easiest thing in the world for me. Yeah, and I was. Like, mine was easy what too. She was like ready I think to it depends on me, when just... you get it done or like how bad they are. Like it definitely results oh. definitely vary um yeah. from person to person. Fun fact, I was born without without wisdom teeth. I don't have them. Wow. That explains so much. I'm the human evolution. You are it's just the allergic shittiest, to everything else. Shittiest X-Men. I, I have no wisdom teeth and I'm allergic to life. <laughs> I had at one point um almost two <laughs> complete sets of teeth because my your Baby shark? teeth didn't fall out when my adult say. teeth grew in. That's <laughs> exactly oh, you what are I was going to say, RJ. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got those jokes a lot. It was Being an incredibly <laughs> painful ordeal, and it went on for like a year. It was yeah, like, sharks are cool. Horrible. So. Yeah. No, you should have just went with it. Sharks are cool, man. Fuck you. They're cool. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's enough of medical corner. You just have to. Week. Never mind. I was going to make a weird joke. Yeah, that's enough on. medical horrors for one day. Who's got, who's got last week's comics? Uh, probably someone. Um, Sean, it is you. We should hire someone for this podcast that reads comic books, guys. 
I'm um, right here. <laughs> oh shit! Sorry, RJ. I didn't see. You. I must have. Yeah, I thought is, you froze again. This is again. distinct RJ erasure. Okay. <laughs> My only job on this podcast is to read comic books. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that our? All of our jobs. That's anyway. literally my. That's what I get paid for. Also, anyway, that is um, also my job. <laughs> number one from Image. Shocker, guys. I know. Phantom Road number one by Jeff Lemire, Gabriel H. Walta, and Jordi Belair. Uh, another new number one for Lemire. So you know, had to put this at the top of the pile. Um, it's been a little while since we got a Lemire number one, hasn't it? There's been a couple that Al. I just didn't know how to talk about it because he's got like those little horror uh books coming out with him and yeah, sorrentino yeah that like um bone Thousand, orchard stuff the orchard is cool stuff, but yeah. it's all kind of interconnected and you kind of have to read all of it and yeah it's hard to talk about but it's very yeah. cool so if you're want some lemire creepiness off of like gideon falls check all those books out they're pretty great so far um but yeah, this has been like the only one that's really been able to talk about. <laughs> so it's about this uh seems like it's about this truck driver. Closest thing to the large Marge comic we can get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's this truck driver out on the road, just kind of seems like a real peach. Seems like a real piece of shit. <laughs> so we just get uh, him just like stopping at a diner, and then he's just kind of like thinking about his home life, and it's just him arguing with his wife about everything, and clearly they are in a very unhappy marriage, and this is their kid is watching on. Just classic, you know, go fuck yourself. You thought you were going to be home and watch your damn kid. No, I got another job, that kind of stuff. Cool. He's a truck driver, so he's never home, obviously. Then it kind of just cuts to him swerving off the middle of the road because there was just a car that shows up <laughs> coming in ongoing traffic. Uh, a car that shows up that is already flipped over and there's a person that... Yeah, it just kind of fucking came out of nowhere. So he kind of walks over to this person and there's like this... I don't I, bone fucking thing sticking out of the ground, um, and they touch it and they like just kind of glows green and they get like teleported to this alternate wherever the fuck they are. And there's like these weird clay monster things that start. At t- there's one that just starts attacking them. Putty they're men. like they're like zombie, like. Like wow. zombie uh, fucking putties from Power yeah, Rangers. Yeah, like golems. <laughs> like they're just they're just like blank slate, creepy. Zo- they do bleed though, because we see later. Yeah, because so. like they say her, him and this woman that kind of he found that was showed up in the middle of out of nowhere, flipped over the car, and kind of like they take refuge in his truck, and there's like a horde of them that they have to fight off and he grabs his crowbar and like just kills a whole bunch of zombie putties. Well, like they they first she jumps in the car and <laughs> Dude, he's like yeah. open the fucking door. And she's like, "No, there's things are out there." He's like, "Yes, yeah, so am I. Open the fucking door, you bitch." Um, uh, yeah, or I'm going to break the window, which is just going to kill both of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh she does reluctantly let him into his own truck and then they start driving away and she's like, "We got to go back for that thing. You feel it too. We got to go back for that thing." And he's just like, "Yeah, but how?" And then it smash cuts to them with the, that thing in the back of his truck and just a bloody pile of those fucking things everywhere. Um. So yeah, it's it's lots it's of intrigue. Got you right yeah. in the action. Uh, Very mysterious, and it seems to be some kind of a time thing because 
Um, yeah, I don't know if it's time or alternate dimension of some sort. It's well, hard to tell the so girl, far. The girl who was in the car wreck before he got there was like, it was talking about somebody. It's like, but it wasn't, it was us, but it, it wasn't, I saw us, I saw her, but it was then, not now. So yeah. it's like her having like a fucking breakdown, but also experience, like it made her see something before they even touched it. Yeah. So, so. so something classic Lemire mystery. I got nothing, but I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I am hooked. I would like some more, please. Yeah. So good number. You know, good number one again. If you like your Lemire creepiness, you know, he's got a whole lot of them. This seems to be a, so far another good one in the list. And also probably going to be filled with um, sadness because there's a lot of like broken family stuff already. Sure. Yeah, we already have a <laughs> horrible piece of shit protagonist. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the woman's story that he's met up with is horribly tragic. Um, so yeah, definitely going to make you feel some feels because someone hurt Jeff Lemire. He's, so he has to hurt all of us. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I don't have a good segue for this one. <laughs> Usually I try, but I don't know. Oh. Oh. Um, my book is Action Comics 1052 by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Rafa Sandoval, and Matt Herms. Um, Superman is mad. <laughs> uh, we, last issue, we talked about, um, Metallo, uh, showing up at the unveiling of the steel building and, um, Superboy fighting him and just got his shit rocked. Um, so Superman is pissed and, uh, essentially the first, like, few pages of this book is just Superman beating the shit out of Metallo. Um, and it's great. Uh, we get some Frost Breath action. He, like, uh, just, there's this great panel of him, like, coughing uh, uh, Frost Breath and, like, freezing Metallo and just shooting him in the space. It's great. <laughs> I love the Frost Breath. You I don't do get it, We don't get enough Frost Breath. I know. It's really <laughs> underused. I like how he freezes Metallo and then throws him into space. It's like, that seems like overkill. Yeah. I mean, you gotta overkill when you're trying to kill Metallo. Come on. Yeah, it's fair. He's a kryptonite, man. It's a a weird power for him to have. Like, why does he have frost breath? Like, what? Because he can blow really hard. (laughs) Yeah, but why would that... This is a dangerous road to go down because why the fuck can he fly? Why does he have laser eyes? This is a stupid question to ask. (laughs) Because he's an alien. He's got a lot of powers, and they gave him a shitload more pre-crisis. That's why they had a whole crisis to take down all the dumbass powers that they gave Superman. Remember? We talked about this. Yeah, I, I, I always like it when um, Bizarro has heat breath and ice vision. That always cracks yeah. me up. Yeah, it's yep. great. <laughs> yeah, but it's just it's just super strength version of blowing really hard. Heat breath. Is that just regular breath? Yeah, more or less. It's stinkier than usual. Just stinky mm. hot breath. Got it. Mm-hmm. Like I got it. I get that he can blow really hard, but why would it be so cold? Because he's doing it a lot. <laughs> you ever breathe? You- that's not. That's not how wind works, though. Like I it's, don't know. Anyway, anyway, anyway. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Are you Superman? You don't have super strength. Yeah, you, you, you're asking a lot of questions. He's got a little Captain Cold gun right in his mouth. <laughs> That he just clicks on right, right as he breathes out. Yep, that's all I got for you. And the heat vision is just him squinting 
and yeah. concentrating, shooting beams out of there. <laughs> yeah, man. Using the force. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, mid- yeah, I, I mean, like, like, like heat vision. The answer. Heat vision, mm-hmm. whatever. It's heat vision. It, but the cold breath is always. I like how lasers out of the eyes, totally fine. Cold breath. Yeah, I mean, like, that doesn't God. really bend my suspension of disbelief that much. This for was, some reason, ice breath. This is just uh, Adam and Sean swapped from last week when Sean was talking about Flash's powers. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. You know what this is? This is. I think the these comic are absurd book. too. This but, is yeah. the comic book equivalent of letting the intrusive thoughts win. Like sometimes <laughs> you just have to push those intrusive thoughts of like this doesn't make sense. You just gotta let that shit go, yeah. man. Yeah, you just yes and through it. It's fine. This is me reading <laughs> literally any sixties or seventies comic. It's just just right. going with it. This is this is like people going to Grant Morrison and asking how Superman poops, and and Grant Morrison just being like, "It's a fucking book! Oh my god! Oh my god! Why? How does he why poop? Do you this, care? I don't know. On a toilet." I, I, I still want to know how many poops were in the shuttle when they found them. Because he was a baby. There's probably a lot of poops in there. Uh, not this again. Can oh, we just... No. Let's move on. I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> Alright. Um, yeah, so Superman knocks Metallo into the sun and then they reconvene at uh, Clark's house and it's still... I just like that the whole family just like hangs out there. It's like ten super people just this out. tiny apartment yeah it's so cramped um, i know and they're they're watching the news and there's this new uh terrorist group called the blue earthers that uh surprisingly aren't fans of the war world immigrants because things have to hurt on a spiritual level <laughs> sometimes <laughs> art me. is a little too close to yeah. life yeah, yeah God damn it. watching LexCorp <laughs> news oh man yeah oof that would um, actually be better. Anyway, moving on. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't. I can't. So there was a yeah. So uh, the Blue Earthers are like not taking responsibility for Metallo, um, but clearly they uh, know that someone sent him after uh, Superman and the the uh, unveiling. Um, so, and then they uh, they think it's Lex because he was mentioning Lex's name, but Lex is in prison. Um, so they go search and then Metallo, um, gets a hologram message from his girlfriend saying that, uh, she's, uh, what, locked up or kidnapped by Superman and she needs sister. him to, sister, she needs him to go murder Superman and all the super family. Um, yeah, so someone's definitely beaming shit to his head, yeah, right? And, and fucking with, with him. him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because his sister tried to, like, is definitely not in prison because we saw her in, like, the lead up issues, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so someone's messing with him, and then he ends up back on Earth uh, with the Blue Earthers. And. Oh, that's right. He. Uh, they're, like, asking him. It's like, oh, how do you feel about all these new aliens on the plane? He's like, no, nah, human for me, but you can see, like, the cyborg face and they're and yeah. they're like about to shoot at him and then he teleports a whole group of them and he's like what well, if i'm supposed to kill the whole super family we need a family of my own so we're he's gonna make a bunch of metallos mm-hmm. good that's what we need yeah more, it's gonna make them met- gonna make the metallo men mm, yep see what i did there yeah that's pretty bad. it that's definitely it show canceled <laughs> 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 But he's gonna make zombie fucking metal. Is he gonna make more metallos or like 
I don't know. Does Metallo normally have hordes of beings with on his side? Well, they they actually mention um, that Metallo because he got like an upgrade that uh, the two War World kids they were like, oh, he looks like an unmade, which unmades oh, were right. like uh, gladiators that had died on War World that they had stitched together and like sent back out after they had passed away. So I think That's he's right. going to make a bunch of War World unmade Metallo men. It's gonna just make a bunch of fucking zombie fighters. Yeah, sick. Yeah, it's gonna be great. <laughs> um, but between this book and the new Superman with Williamson, it's it's a great great time for Superman. And we but, get uh, another John Kent book this week, so I'm really the only to yes. see. only time I've really read Superman. I'm in, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, we've They're got doing a killer job. Philip Kennedy Johnson, Tom Taylor, and Joshua Williamson all all spearheading the. The new super and books. I didn't get a chance to read it, but the backup story by Leah Williams looks fucking awesome. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised to see that. Yeah. The, the Power art, Girl one? The art by uh, uh, Marguerite Savage. Did you just say Batgirl? Power Girl. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. I was about to be so mad at you. Yeah. Power Girl, <laughs> Supergirl, and, and somebody else. Uh, is, it, is it Marguerite Savage? Is that who does the art? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That art is great. It's mm-hmm. really stunning. All right. Well, speaking of DC stuff, um, hey. Hey. Human, human Target concluded last week. Oh, it's, yeah. it's a shame. It is a I shame. Mean, it's such a good book. I love, I, I love a good ending, though. Uh, that sure. book couldn't have gone on forever. It literally has a, a time stamp. No, it yeah, went I mean, on he had 12 days to live. We've got 12 issues. It kind of works yeah. itself out pretty perfectly. Yeah. Even though he kind of died on the 11th day, but... You know. Well, he's gotta you gotta leave you wanting more, you know. That's how we got this issue. So yeah, so chance <laughs> chance is dead. Um and it's kind of it kind of follows ice around. <laughs> it follows ice around in like the the immediate aftermath um of her kind of, you know, dealing with the fact that it was her the whole time. Yeah. 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 She she did this. It was she her trying this. to kill Luther and then keeping a close eye on him to make sure that he didn't figure out who murdered him so she wouldn't go down for, for it and then accidentally falling in love with him. So. Man, Broke so she led him on that whole wild goose chase. I felt All like wild. I was pretty like emotionally okay until this issue and I just started crying. Because <laughs> yeah, it, like, it didn't really sad. hit me until like it's really sad. Yeah, they definitely made me sad. really care about this twelve day relationship. Like, I'm just glad damn. they didn't do the stupid comic booky thing and like bring him back. Yeah, like make him okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that wouldn't have been. That would have been dumb. very happy with Tom King for for not just doing goes that. to Batman yeah, really and he's a... like, "Here, I got an antidote. Yeah. I've got ten. Yeah, right. There's some shit like that. She, yeah, she just come exactly. to me first. Yeah, the really touching part is. She took the empty bottle of whiskey that was that he left behind, like on on the nightstand, and um, put his ashes in that. That's I love awesome. how I love how she ends up spreading them. That's my favorite part of this issue. Yeah, just in the middle of the ocean on a little iceberg. After smacking ga- guy upside the head with the bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She also went to one of the beaches that they visited together. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's like, that's so fitting to fucking smash him upside the fucking head because you're such just, an asshole. Just, just chance just fucking hitting him one last time yeah. from beyond the fucking grave. Yeah, it's fucking perfect. <laughs> perfect. And then um, there, were, there was also this kind of back and forth um, 
as sort of a narration between the two of them of of him saying like all right just do one last favor for me he's like do you still have any of that poison left yeah and then the last scene is her visiting lex and lex having a glass of you know whatever the the thing that was supposed to kill him the first time that mm-hmm. that chance took instead so right so but you do also see her for a minute consider taking it herself yes and then and then thinking better of it and going huh yeah i know i i, I think i should uh, put this to better use i'm going to fucking take care of this shithead <laughs> I love I love an out of continuity maxi series like this because yeah no she killed Luther it fucking rules yeah yeah <laughs> that couldn't happen in continuity <laughs> yeah this is great man I, I I love the twelve issue Tom King fucking just give me this 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 is probably one of the better ones he's done this is my favorite too. thing he's done since Vision honestly which is big big talk it's because you haven't uh, read Supergirl I, yet I stand by. but it is because I haven't read Supergirl <laughs> yet but this is great. I I also yeah, I think really he good. has this untapped potential for noir shit. Like I don't. Think oh, absolutely. He's, yeah, Between like this he and could Rorschach, definitely do this. Definitely. Yeah, yeah I haven't I read think, Rorschach either, but I believe it. That yeah, maybe get like a fucking creator-owned noir thing at a time. Oh man. Mm-hmm. With, oh, sorry, I didn't with, with with Smallwood. Yeah, oh, my dude. God. Yeah, I, I just realized I didn't I didn't do the masthead at the beginning, but the Greg Smallwood art in this is fucking fantastic. Yeah. No, that's. Uh, I mean. I'll basically read anything Tom King does, even if I don't like it, because the art artists he gets is stupid good. Oh yeah, even um, the the yeah. color work it, on this yeah. has been absolutely breathtaking. The light, the way that he plays with light and shadow yeah. is light and color temperature. Yeah, temperature especially since it's you know fire night. Get it? <laughs> yeah, nice. Oh, yeah. See what you I'm, did it's there. Great. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm, and, I'm upset by it immediately. Plus, it's also a JLI book, and yeah, those right. are the best characters. Yeah, so if you need a good entry point, if you need a good entry point into JLI, this is this. I mean, this was it for me anyway. I keep seeing lots of stuff about like I think this has started a horde of people going back and reading JLI. We might do more of that on the show. I hope so because it fucking rules. It's definitely a series that I dearly love. Yeah, we can go. Yeah. Because we only read the f- first volume, right? There's yeah. shit, a lot more There's of it, right? The, yeah, that's only the first like quarter for the most part. <laughs> There's still yeah, a, big a whole series. other book to go because it's just like Europe. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. No, this is great. I'm upsetting it's over, but this was definitely an awesome series. It'll be interesting to told- see what he does next because uh, I guess yeah. he's got Danger Street and Gotham Year One. Is that done? I don't remember. It's almost done. Okay. That was been pretty interesting. That's definitely more of the noiry style and like Yeah. It's there. They definitely keep um, him busy. Um Danger no, Street's sure. still good too. It's still going strong. I I don't think he's announced yeah. his next like twelve issue though. Yeah, I feel like that twelve issue, man, like that's like that's his sweet spot. But they also tapped that's- him for um I think Gunn tapped him for writing scripts, so he might be busy doing that that could be interesting hmm. oh, i'm gonna get a jli movie perfect oh, oh, i mean i think he's building to that with that booster gold tv show he's been he, he teased dude like, a booster gold tv show would be wild 
it's going to happen. Oh, that's that's one of, that's part of the plan. There was a little joke with Booster in this issue where he was like, "Yeah, so Booster's bagels went belly up. There was something in the in the bagels that was making people sick. I tried yeah, toasting them. I tried pre toasting them. <laughs> maybe it's the ingredients you like stole from the, the beginning of time, <laughs> yeah, from right? Ancient civilization. You fucking crazy uh, man. Giving everyone ergot poisoning. <laughs> yeah. You you brought back like all these diseases that had been eradicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, y'all ready for this? Uh, I don't think anyone. Oh man, I don't know if we'll ever be. Yeah. So, all right. So... I wasn't ready the first time I read it or the second. <laughs> so just just a precursor on this book. This is um the Invisibles is is what one might call Grant Morrison's Chaos Magic mag- Magnum Opus. It is there. Um, ode to the process of chaos magic. The entire book itself is a sigil. Um, they wore multiple fiction suits to put themselves into the book, which we will be talking a lot about. Yeah, that's um, a lot right off the bat. That's right off the bat. But um, I, my personal connection to this book is that I read this when I was in like high school, maybe even like early college. That's, um, that's not okay. That's not okay, but also like later than all the other things <laughs> yeah. that were that like deeply scarred my brain in the That's best fair. way. You know what I mean? Like Watchmen yep. and Killing Joke, like yeah, in fucking right. the beginning of middle school. That's not good. That's but, not um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, there was a moment when reading this when I went, you know what? This is one of those books that I would be fine with being banned from a high school library. I mean, like, yeah, maybe honestly, this doesn't. Yeah, this one only sure. because of some of the things we're going to be talking about with the Marquis de Sade. Uh, this, book sh- this book just should just have adult supervision. It yeah. is, yeah, That's yeah. All. It's a rating. I, I book wish and... I was supervised when I was reading it, and I'm a grown ass <laughs> no, man. Yeah, you're right. Like you said, it's a it's a definitely a rated R book. Yeah, it's for mature yeah. readers. But the other for thing sure. is, so so reading this as like my brain is still plastic. Um, definitely sparked a lot in me. It sparked a lot of like. It's punk as fuck, and I didn't understand a word of it, right? Um, Still and read, I mean, reading it a second time, I realized that that is the beauty, is that a lot of it is either purposely over your head, yeah. is pulling from mythology that's so obscure and so like far outside of people's like perspectives that it's going to go over your head in that way, or... It is straight up just automatic writing that Grant Morrison is doing some of the I feel time. Like that's some a, of the yeah. that's a that's a pretty decent portion. If you've only ever yeah, read but, Morrison's superhero stuff, this is like this, just you're, took the the filter off of everything. Yeah, this is Doom Patrol yeah. without any of the like uh, without the fucking gutter bumpers that you use to play <laughs> yeah. fucking mm-hmm. bowling. Um, yeah, like essentially, yeah, it's Doom Patrol with the safeties off. Yeah, and, and it's essentially it is the story of the secret anarchist factions that are trying to save the world from the dark forces that want to control you, manipulate you, and turn you into a, a machine yeah. that that a doesn't cog, question. If you will. And sometimes that's yeah, like cog in the machine. Bug people. Yeah. Um. It, but essentially, that <laughs> blows up into the reality of. There are there's a light dimension and a dark dimension, and the place where those two things intersect is the uh, simulation that is our reality. We are we are of two worlds, and those two sides are constantly battling, and they are constantly like it is predetermined who will win and who will lose. 
Like we are just in, we are just caught in the crossfire of crossfire. these, <laughs> these like predetermined uh, cosmic forces of good and evil. Um, and the invisibles are just on the side of good, and the the forgotten ones or the fucking the government or fucking Om Shimrikyo shows up at one point, and they're on the side of the baddies. And yeah, so like. Reading this the first time, none of that fucking clicked. But the thing that did click was that it's a fucking kick in the teeth. It's punk as fuck. It does not care about your feelings. It doesn't even care if you understand it. Um, and it still is truly enjoyable, even if you don't understand a fucking word of it. I don't the think second- any. I don't think any book Morrison's ever written has have they cared if you understood it. That's true. That's they, they don't insult your makes, intelligence. They're, it's part they, of what some- makes Morrison great. Sometimes they take you along for the ride and they give you They give you to, enough. Yeah. They give you enough. Like especially the superhero yeah. books. But like even like Final it's Crisis is specifically really divisive. his non superhero stuff. It's just like Yeah. Like get it you get it or it you is. don't. And like they've talked about that a lot as far as like their um like they they respect their readers to be legitimately cool and smart fucking people. And like by continuing to make books like this, they prove themselves right because it's particularly attracts weirdos and people on the fringe and people that you know are questioning things and yeah. are you know like like might not necessarily want to be told what the answer is and because this book is not going to give you the fucking answers um but i will say upon reading it a second time a hell of a lot more clicked yeah in, for sure in just in like magical ways but also in the fact that like not getting it is part of it. And like we were talking about this in the in the Discord, uh in the group chat. We were just like, it's vibes. Like you don't have to understand every single word. It is about putting you it's it's like a, it's like hypnosis. It's putting you in the vibe of what they're trying to get across, and that's all that fucking matters. And if you're on that ride, if you just like buy the ticket, take the ride, then like it's going to be a blast. You know I what definitely, I mean? I definitely felt that way a few times when reading this. Where like, you ever read something and you're just kind of reading the words? You're not really, yeah. it, they're not sticking, they're not sinking in. I, I was starting to feel that way. And I was like, man, I've been like this for like 10 pages. But then I realized, I'm, I, like you said, it, there were, the vibe was still getting through. Like yeah, I was still clicks. kind of, <laughs> Some, yeah. Something comes together. Yeah. Something comes right. together at the end of it where you're like, oh, I couldn't explain to you what I read. But I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is why talking about this on a on an audio medium is very difficult. Um But yeah, and, and it's definitely like there there are more like point perfect example is that the first time I read this, there's there's a story arc later on where they're talking about like time travel and shit. And a dude in Japan invents the time the first time machine and literally oh God, Om Shimrikyo. Oh my god, uh, I forgot about that's that. That's way later on. I read I know, the entire I for- series. I know, um, I forgot about that. But yeah, exactly. It's bonkers. literally Om Shimrikyo <laughs> going after the dude who, who invents the first time machine. And I didn't know that that was a real fucking cult. So like, the first time I read this, I'm like, oh, weird. And then I, <laughs> oh, at some weird. point, in, in my fucking, you know, uh, basic white bitch uh, obsession with cults, I learned about Om Shimrikyo, but this book is so fucking dense like this- that I... It didn't click that I already knew what that was. This book and this book and the filth have uh, they've like slowly started to just merge in my brain. So like I'm like oh like you said that I was like oh fuck that's invisible's not the filth 
Yeah. I mean, I just kind of like started molding together in my brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have uh, gotten any of the Marquis de Sade parts without having seen Sallow or um, Quills. So, like, I just kind of know who he is, but like, obviously, there's a lot going on there. Um, well, I guess on that More note, so. let's, let's fucking get into yeah, it. on that um, primer. <laughs> the fact that the fucking Marquis de Sade is in this book. That's not even, like, that's not even the, the first, first part. part, yeah. Well, yeah, so, so the first part, we are introduced to, um, Dane McGowan, who is a little shithead from Liverpool, who is the reader <laughs> insert. Um, yeah, he's a little shithead. He's just, yeah. like, yeah, a He's fucking, a troubled teen. His introduction yeah. is blowing something up with a Molotov cocktail. Yeah, and just like stealing cars and just getting high and just being a little shithead so, teenager, punk rocker. Like so anti-authority that even he rejects the authority of the anarchists that are trying to like recruit him. Yeah. I, I had, <laughs> so uh I read this um like a few months ago, but I had never fully read the whole thing before that. Um but I had read the first issue or so. And I hadn't remembered any of it except the one specific line in the beginning where he's dazing out in class and someone asks, and his teacher asks him the name of a uh, Russian um, philosopher. And he's like, oh, I don't know. Is it Molotov? And that, <laughs> that line has like stuck in my brain um, a for, for a decade. <laughs> and the funny part is that the the teacher that is asking him about like Russian revolutionaries uh ends up later on you find out that he yeah. is an invisible and he's part of the like he sees the potential in in Dane and is like get, gets people to recruit him but like this kid is so fuck you like yeah, to you literally know, anything trying liter- to, tell to literally him what the fuck anything to do. and anyone that he doesn't even see that this guy is trying to help him and I can never remember how to pronounce this fucker's name, but the Russian writer that they were talking about was like Kratompnik? What the fuck is his name? Um, I've only ever seen it written down. I have no idea how to pronounce it. Um, somebody come in the Discord and yell at me. Um, but it's basically like the anarchist like intellectual right, like the writer that basically created mutual aid is like the, the person that they're referring mm. to. So that right there, we're immediately like I also like that Dane Dane knew the answer too. Yeah, he knew the answer, but he wanted to say fuck you anyway. And also, he's a smart kid. And hinted the fact that he blew something up. Yeah. So Dane is a is a is a as Adam said is a troubled youth. So he gets clockwork orange, put into a Mm -hmm. correctional school, a troubled teen school. Yeah. Yeah. I I was fresh off the um the last podcast series on the troubled teen industry when I went into this. So that was (laughs) nice. That was fresh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he goes to this fucking factory where they're literally just making everyone complacent, and King Mob's like, "Nope." Yeah, his his uh, enough of this shit. The the headmaster is actually um uh one of the bad guys who served the weird bug people, the forgotten ones. Yeah, weird bug. Serve people. is a very sanitized way of saying what he was doing for the bug people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I will say, um, if you're going into this book at all, trigger warning that there are a lot of instances of like sex crimes. Um, There's a partic- trigger warning partic- for probably anything you can imagine. No, I'm anything, not trying to make light of but, that, but I'm literally like, yeah, yeah. But specifically, like 
sex as a tool by the powerful to keep people oppressed, like using sex as a weapon, yeah, um, is a thing that we see people do, yeah. people in power do, and constantly, and that's no exception in this book, and it's explicit. So, like, fair warning going into yeah. it. There's a lot of, and like, honestly, sometimes those people being sexually assaulted is what recruits them to the Invisibles. Like, they are they are radicalized by the harm that was done to them. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, any form the, of bigotry or yeah. violent crime or... We'll get to that. We'll fucking get like, to that. There's That's in this volume, too. Yeah, there's some heavy shit in here. Yeah, um, I feel like you remember that time like... that Grant Morrison wrote Get Out in 1995? Because <laughs> we're going to yeah. get to that. I feel like you're um, going to have to focus up on this or we're going to be here for four I know, hours. we're going to be here forever. So basically... Because you can't uh, go through this book beat for beat. You can't do Dane, it. Dane gets fucking broken out of the fucking troubled school and then... King Mob just like fucking leaves him on the street in in London, like where the kid does no has no fucking idea where yep. he is, and so he just ends gets up picked homeless. up. Yeah, he yeah. just he leaves him to be homeless, but that is part of the plan because he meets up with another homeless man named Tom O'Bedlam, and Tom initiates him into like the magical thinking. He frees his mind, man. He basically makes him smoke this drug that they call blue off mold the wall in the subway. That's not actually a drug. Him yeah, not, which is not, it's just a placebo of a drug yeah, and takes him to the interdimensional plane where you can see the two dimensions crossing over into our realm. Yeah. Like basically, he takes him to the wall of reality and, he, and shows him the truth. He puts the they then, live glasses on him, but it's drugs basically, in the subway. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And he sees <laughs> Barboleth, and Barboleth is like the the apocalypse of the the current eon like that's like yeah so basically he fucking pills him hard he activates uh, him bro he activates also yeah. and and at any point if it sounds like we're talking about the matrix because the matrix like cribbed this whole thing dude oh yeah 100 percent. Yeah. yeah king mob is a better version of neo but the sure. the wachowskis yeah, like aren't he has shy a cooler jacket about the fact sure. that they were like very uh and also like inspired by this Dane is right. also like the the hero's journey, the Luke Skywalker, the Frodo Baggins, the the <laughs> rise to the the hero's quest and the defeating evil. Like we get to see this kid turn into that as throughout the like King Mob is just a fucking cool like mentor character. Um but looks like fucking Neo. <laughs> uh, also looks uh as strangely like Grant Morrison. Weird, I huh? I wonder if so that weird. was on purpose or not. It's almost like uh, and, this book almost killed them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is true. They wrote uh, <laughs> King Mob dying of a mysterious illness and then got a mysterious illness and then cured it with magic. Yeah, so Tom of Bedlam um, takes... Uh, <laughs> he cured it by talking to... They cured it by talking to the mysterious illness in their body and like, hey man, I'll make you famous. <laughs> Just uh, don't... Please don't kill me. I'll write this out about it in a book. And he got better. He also got yeah, a whole bunch saying. of people to like... They got better, sorry. Jerk off about it. Yeah, to increase yeah. sales, because the book wasn't selling. Well. I just think they specifically talk about being Come in the on, hospital Adam, and, talk, and, talking, and talking to the illness. Because yeah. they knew it was magical. And, and not, I think they even talk like, about that in here, of like turning yeah. a disease into a familiar. Um, yeah, something like right. that. Yeah, it's fucking right, wild. So Dane is, is tripping balls <laughs> with Tom. Um and Tom is, like, kind of the first person that he's ever kind of really liked, like, has treated him like a person, even though he's supposed to be this, like, crazy homeless man. Um, uh, but then they, so they essentially 
he does the whole spiel about the Invisibles, and then he's like, all right, there's one thing left to do. We gotta jump off this building. <laughs> you gotta jump skyscraper. off this fucking building. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, they, so they jump. Yeah, basically, Tom kills himself, and right. Dane transcends, yep. and... <laughs> and, is the, and, 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 and is fully activated. And that is kind of the thing. So so Dane still, for the rest of this volume, kind of refuses to believe that this shit's real. Like he's yeah, he just hasn't bought a, in at all yet. Yes. He's having a really fucking hard time believing what he's seen, and is just in the process of kind of like... He's just like schadenfreude, like the whole fucking first volume of this Well, thing. his first uh, adventure with the Invisibles doesn't exactly go great. Well, yeah, so there is that. So. And um, before we get too far much further into the actual plot i would like to mention that you said king mob is a self-insert by grant morrison but so is lord fanny who is the they all uh, they all are well they all are but specifically lord fanny for sure lord fanny is grant morrison's um trans like drag queen persona uh so that is after that reading is, luda i just that's who i see now it's oh just, yeah 100 lord like, fanny's just luda but lord fanny's now. even like the name of their drag persona before yeah, writing yeah. this book and they uh they would use drag as a means to do ritual magic because they felt more powerful in in that so they've been like like people say they came out a couple years ago but like <laughs> come the yeah fuck and another trigger warning is that um they are not very pc about the words they use specifically for lord fanny and other like queer characters and keeping in mind that grant morrison is queer and gender non-conforming that is fine, but it might strike you as very abrasive uh, in 2023. I mean, it's also yeah. writing a trans character in the 90s. That's what I was yeah, going to exactly. say. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like the era where this was written, the words are not the same. The words aren't there, but there are also a lot of slurs being thrown around. Oh, and it's no, kind absolutely. Of, but it's kind of being used it's as intentional. a... It's intentional. Yeah, it's being yeah. used as like a fuck you kick in the teeth and a like, owning that shit. Like, like... Yeah, Fanny yeah, yeah. will refer to herself in the T word or the F word it's as hers. a It's theirs. As a yeah, as a control yeah. of like you can't call me this because I already am this. Right. Like, I am I am the fucking monster. It's not that derogatory be. because that's what I'm calling myself. Exactly. Kind of, yeah, taking yeah. the and power so, out of it. Yeah. And it's punk rock as fuck. So like going into it, like I remember before they technically came out, someone tried to tell me that like Grant Morrison hates trans people. And I was just like, I uh I don't know what book you have fucking you, read. Have you read <laughs> anything they've ever written <laughs> but like coming yeah. at this not knowing anything about the writer you might find it aggressive no. so like just wanting people to be aware that that's on purpose uh, and it is very i feel like if that's the case you like aren't you're it's you're not paying just, attention it's it's face value right Yeah, you're seeing the words and you're not actually hearing the words like, yeah, uh, yeah yeah especially with um, like more like with a writer like him yeah them. God, also, that. point of fact, um, they actually never asked to be used to to use um non-binary pronouns. Um, people just started doing it, and now they view it as a badge of honor. So if we do use he or they interchangeable or she for that matter, fuck it. Um, they I don't think they care. Lord um, Morrison, got it. Lord Morrison, Lord. got it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, for for purposes, we we were trying to use non-binary pronouns because that is like the agreed upon <laughs> rule at this point. But I don't think they give a fuck. Much like this book, it's all very probably never have and yeah, probably exactly. never will because <laughs> well, they were they were that like thirty years before there were words for it. So like it's and cool Neil that... from the Matrix, dude. Yeah, exactly. It out, yeah, exactly. Anyway, let's um... anyway. Um, so so the the cast of Invisibles is 
Um, King Mob, the kind of the leader, the kick you in the teeth covered in piercings, fucking the the James Bond, the the anarchist James Bond. Uh, <laughs> Lord Fanny say. is yeah. the um, a trans woman uh, bruja from fucking Brazil who can channel like Aztec gods. Yes. Um, there is Boy, who is kind of the down to earth New York woman who. Uh, is just like the fighting expert. Like she actually doesn't really have magical powers. She's just like down with the shit. Yeah. Um, uh, Dane becomes Jack Frost. That is his like magical title. Um, and he kind of learns how to channel that magical shit like way later. Um, and Ragged Robin. She's might- crazy. And Ragged Robin. Sorry, I was about to forget something. Yeah, Ragged Robin, who um, has psychic powers and is insane. I just like that. That's um, how she introduces herself. Is hi, I'm Robin. <laughs> hi, I'm, I'm insane. <laughs> Uh, but she's also, uh, we learn much later, from the future. Um, that's all yeah. I'll say about that because it's a whole other thing. Um, whole, oh my God, I think at great. one point in this volume, she mentioned she was born in 1988 and this book is written in 1995. Mm, no. <laughs> like, mm, you, don't look, you don't look like you're eight years old. What the fuck is happening? Um, and also you're fucking King Mob, so that could be, that's troublesome. Uh, <laughs> and she gets sweet uh, Barbarella outfits. Yeah, she does. It, yeah. Fucking, it fucking rules. Um, so that's that's the cast of characters, and they all um, at any point assemble the the five uh, core elements. One represents like air, water, fire, earth, the and queer spirit. Avengers. The <laughs> queer Avengers, yeah. and the By anarchist- their powers combined, they get Captain Planet. Yeah, they are <laughs> Captain also, Weirdo. They're the mm-hmm. fucking the anarchist Avengers because those roles change like at any given yeah. time when they just pull they pull roles I out really of a hat. Liked- so like yeah. Yeah, the beginning of this, King Mob is in charge, but like that's just for this mission. Yeah, so the shifts, next time, that shifts later at some point. Yeah, I really exactly. like that like, part. Grab- they they don't do enough with that. I was just interested in that bit of like lore building. I wish there was more, but it's interesting. Yeah, but it's it's cool to like. Oh yeah, obviously the like the the like macho big dick white dude is like the hero, but like no, that's actually just that's just a coincidence for this first story arc. Like it's not the like structure there is no structure there is no leader it is all just mutual aid uh well, there's, shared, there's shared responsibility the leader just it shifts yeah exactly yeah so there's there's no still one- a higher there they all have different roles yeah. and one of them is is like mission leader so, quote unquote. yeah like whoever's yeah. an heir so I think dane shows the- up yeah. and not still not sold at all um and then they get the uh they they have to go. They get their mission. Yeah, they get their mission. <laughs> they have to go and to the past. Yeah, they have to go. They have to. They have to send their astral projections back in time to get the Marquis de Sade to help and him send his astral projection to the uh-huh. future and and help him re- <laughs> help people remember that like their their individual spirit and their like freaky kink shit <laughs> is going to save the world. Like that's straight up what it is. Um, so, yeah, so they go back to, uh, the, um, French Revolution. The terror, and right in the, the middle yeah, of the terror. they go back to the, the yeah, the, the terror. And we also get, um, there's flashbacks and flash forwards from that point in history because about 30 years after, uh, the, the, the reign of terror, there was, uh, the fucking, um, Lord Byron and Percy Bysshe Shelley just f- philosophizing in the fucking field and being just, like, queer fucking utopian radicals and we find out later that they and mary and others of that 
intellectual class were just invisibles from their time. Um, yeah. So we we're it, a lot of the um the philosophy of this book is is uh the exposition of it is done through Byron and Shelley fighting, like debating on like what is most important, like talking about the best, like using your poetry to like create a utopia or just like living in the moment for base desire and like yeah, all of that shit. As and then like the invisibles are trying to find the marquee. Yep. Yeah. So they they are literally in the fucking. They're they're just watching the guillotine come down, and it's it's so fucking cool. Oh my god. Uh, I forget the exact. The basically like they describe the guillotine as um the head of the state being severed from the body politic. Is and they also call it the saint, right? Saint guillotine. Saint guillotine. Yeah, yeah, dude, the guillotine is such a fucked up thing, man. Like the engineering and everything that goes into the guillotine. It's it's honestly so much more fucking just, humane just, than like hanging people and the shit that America did. Like you, you know, like how long it took them to figure out how to use the electric chair. Also, capital punishment's bad, but like the electric chair and and like hanging people are like the most fucked up things you could. At least the, this is quick and easy. Yeah, it's and, but uh, but like the whole spectacle of it. Like these these women that yes. would sit in the front row and knit sweaters while. You know, people's people were getting their heads razored off. It's like, yeah, so fucked and up. And that is also part of this, where like, there's a debate, right, on on the left of is the guillotine a symbol of the oppressed, like taking revenge on the oppressors, or is it a, stu- a still a tool of state oppression? Like, is it because they were, you know, the the when it was. Uh, before the French Revolution, they were guillotining like peasants. Uh, it's a hundred percent a tool of oppression because that's they yeah. only got to the people that were doing it till way later. But <laughs> exactly. they killed a fuckload of people exactly. that were oppressed and, first. And when the oppressed finally rise up and take down, they just they, use the same thing because it's symbolic. This is irony. And it's using <laughs> the tools of your oppressor to fight them. You're you're you become them by trying to take them down. So it's like. You lose your humanity and become a monster in order to destroy a monster. And there's a lot of that in this book, too, where King Mobs is like, I've fucking I've, I've made my bed and I understand that I, I am a bad person and I kill constantly and like I will never have a normal life. And like the love that I had that one time, that's never coming back because that doesn't go with this life, you know, and it's like that's that's a fucking that's part of the thing you give up when you try to fight for what's right oh did you we I mean? did we skip over the weird fleshless guy no uh, a little bit this uh he's in this so he's about Orlando, to pop. he's about he's about to pop up yeah he's he's about Orlando to pop up. is the is the assassin that has been sent to track down and murder uh this new invisibles recruit and the whole crew and since they are astrally astrally projecting from a fucking windmill uh they're just they're they have like you know protective um, ritual shit around them. Like they're in a protective circle, and they're like they have psychic, um, like safety nets to keep people from coming in and harming them. But Orlando is some kind of fucking fleshless demon from the evil dimension. And um, we first meet him while like, he's murdering some kids. 
He's an well, ancient... Well, he, mur- he murders the father, wears his face, and then u- uses that to lure the guy's kids mm. over and murder them, too. That's a, it's a terrifying first appearance of him. And then he gets into the windmill and starts, like, chopping fucking fingers off of Dane, a.k.a. Jack Frost. And, and that's... Dane again quits, because he's like, fuck this, fuck this. You guys didn't lose any fingers. This is bullshit. I don't want to fucking be here. Um, also completely off topic but it's really funny that you have to keep remembering that dane sounds like the fucking beatles because he's from liverpool yeah i don't want to be the- here <laughs> literally the beatles are in the first issue that is true and, well, uh, two of them two of them and are. marson uh, like surrounded themselves with Beatles stuff as they were writing like, the was, issue. Uh, like it was mm-hmm. lennon and the guy who quit the beatles before they became it's, yeah famous. the fifth beatle yeah um the uh yeah and uh Morrison, there's there's an issue specifically where in the, like the first or second issue where they channel uh John Lennon as like a god using automatic writing, um and yeah, that is that is like the actual ritual can't. that they did to write the book and then they just put it book into is, the fucking book. This book is too much. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, um yeah, and then like I, I forget who keeps calling. I think Boy keeps calling him Ringo, and he's just like what. Fucking one nickname is bad enough. Stop calling me fucking Ringo. <laughs> Stop calling me Ringo. <laughs> um, so, um, so since they're in the Reign of Terror, I'm trying to find Marquis de Sade, who, if you aren't familiar, uh, was a writer at the time who was a freaky deaky motherfucker who was put in um, prison for the things he wrote. Yes, he basically was writing like a sexual, uh, like like crimes because like sodomy is a crime yeah, he wrote Salo, like, which is about a yeah. bunch of people kidnapping people and doing horrible things to them well yes yeah, so he wrote sallow as a as a criticism of the people in power like the rich and the the, the yeah. monarchies and the, and like it all was of like the, it was like the, which if you well, they talk about uh, it in this book it's like a, it's like what's this is what is going to become of our enlightenment it was like all the way cranked up to fucking 11 well, it's basically like if we give the people in power absolute power and don't question that, they can do whatever the fuck they want yeah, behind closed will, doors. They so will sound- literally fuck us about it. Like- Which is yeah. why the film <laughs> is uh, Pasolini updates it to be uh, Mussolini times because he, yeah. you know, he had just gotten out of Mussolini-controlled Italy. Oof, yeah. But yeah, no, essentially it is like they... Uh, these fucking shitheads in power kidnap a bunch of people women children elderly everyone um they they kidnap a shitload of people lock themselves in a castle for three years right something like that or like 18 yeah, something, months something, something like that, like yeah. that. It's longer days. than a year there it is um <laughs> so not that long sorry um <laughs> four months um so eight, is that four months? six months six months thank you um, I, my brain is too full for math right now. Um, so yeah, they, so they lock themselves in this fucking castle for six months and it is every manner of debauchery that you can possibly imagine. And like, Adam, I know you said that this like troubled you, but I was talking to Zach about this, who has actually read it like 180 days in, in, um, uh, Sodom, 180 days in Sodom and Gomorrah, I think is the name of the actual book. Um, and it is so much more fucked up than the actual details that Grant ended up putting in this. Um, but it is it is fucking awful. Yeah, it is atrocious. It's, 
And <laughs> and as they are trying, so their astral projections are back in the Reign of Terror. They get Marquis, and then as they're trying to escape, they have to go through his dreams, so they become trapped in that castle. No, they escape, they through, the post- of- they escape through a postcard. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, but in which has that a famous postcard, Greek, Which has a famous Greek painting. Yes, but, but in through... But then yeah. th- they, they go through the dream realm and in that dream realm. Yeah. So so basically they get trapped in the Marquis's own fucked up story that is meant to be like a uh, a criticism of the elite and powerful. And they are just forced to kind of observe this fucking hellish nightmare. And it's kind of like, we got to we just got to if you're going through hell, keep going. We just got to kind of fucking power through this and we will come out the other side. The 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 escape will present itself. Um. It and, gets really fucked up. <laughs> and, and also, uh, I, I completely forgot about this until just now. Uh, uh, Ragged Robin finds the head of John the Baptist. Yeah, <laughs> yep. that that's is, just around. That is that comes into play later. Like a, it's gibberish. It's yeah. the the lost treasure of the Templars. So like the the evil guys, the bug fuckers, are looking for it because they think that it has the answers to like how to control everything. But uh, what it really does is just tell you whatever the fuck you want to hear. It speaks in glossolalia. And when you hear it, you just hear whatever you, you want the answer to be. So she just hears like fucking like aha lyrics and shit. And <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> and, 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 she's insane. So yeah, so that, that's her half of the story here. And uh, they do eventually make it through the other side and they take Marquis de Sade to a uh, sex nightclub, uh, a fetish nightclub in fucking San Francisco in like 1995. And man, has nobody ever felt so fucking- Vindicated. Uh, vindicated and like glorified. He's just like, I, I did it! Look, I, look, I like that they just left- on stage. They just left him there. They were like, he'll be fine. What, He's fine. That was well, the yeah. goal. That was, the that, was, that was the point of the mission was to get him- He comes back And help too. him- yeah, exactly. Yeah, he does. Yeah, because like when he dies, his body will meet up with the astral projection that they brought. So like in an X amount of time, it'll, he'll now be living in the future. Everyone yeah. gets so a basically, no prize they, yeah. if they're still listening at this point. Dude, <laughs> ridiculous. This uh, book is it's truly fucking insane. Well, that we haven't even gotten to some of the more fucked up stuff. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, Grant Morrison it's wrote. They fucking they they wrote get out before get out. Um, essentially, we we it's like a total jump cut to another invisible character named um, Jim Crow, uh, who is a musician. He is in the Root Doctors, um, and essentially, what was the name of that like uh old school fucking like proto goth like. Ragtime dude, what the fuck is it? It's like screaming, screaming, screaming Jay Hawkins. Hawkins or... Yeah, screaming Jay. Yeah, essentially, he's like a voodoo screaming Jay Hawkins version of hip hop. Um, he's got a bone and gun. He's got a. He's, uh, Adam, Same. do you remember what the bone gun is called? No, I don't. You want me to say it? Sure. I don't think you want me. It's the Zozo gun. Oh, shit. And then uh, I uh, must have blocked that out. King Mob has the Ghostbuster, <laughs> which is the. The mine gun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially, he's this, like, voodoo priestess who, um, he, tr- he, his patron god is Papa Gide, 
and oh he's God. basically like a death god. So he's invisible. He's also he's an invisible dude. He's there, just this is just this a total like, aside. All these different, this is complete nonsense. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> like coming out of your all mouth these right different now. cells of invisibles and. Uh, we're just gonna cliff notes that this story is a bunch of white people are using fucking meth crystals laced crack. with fuck crack, laced with shit that when they eat, take it and die, it's they are transmit receiving signals in their brain and they put on glasses and they can transmit their brain signals into dead bodies to do all sorts of fucked up shit and they're doing it in the bodies of black people because you know crack. Yeah. Um, yeah. And essentially, essentially, they get to joyride in the bodies of victims of the crack epidemic and they that do they created. Hor- and they do horrific shit. Uh, yeah. They're all horribly racist. And someone, the woman in the neighborhood calls up on my man that Casey was just talking about to, like, Jim figure, out what the fuck's, to figure out what the fuck's going on. Yeah, so he has to go to, like, the death god that gave them this Talks power. Talks to a scorpion. It's whole a bunch of crazy scorpion, shit, dude. Which is King Mob's patron god, by the way. Sure. Um, and, yeah, so essentially, uh, Jim Crow figures out what the fuck is going on and makes them pay. And we figure this out as the reader, as, like, through the lens of a detective, like, figuring this out. And he literally, like, walks into the boardroom where these billionaires are being murdered by Jim Crow. And he just shuts the door behind him. He's like, yep, that's some voodoo shit. I don't know. I, I, I don't give a fuck. Well, yeah, as they're disemboweling them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As Jim Crow is just like, just, yeah. This uh, horde of minstrels. Are... Um, but yeah, this, this issue is definitely another uh, trigger warning thing because the yeah. things that they do in, in the bodies of- sexual violence. Yeah. And, and like to like their own family members and like- So fucked yeah. up. It's really fucked up. It is, like, as intentionally fucked up as it could be. And uh, they get what's coming to them, luckily, which is great. Um, yeah, and, I like uh, how these, la- these last couple issues in this particular volume are all... Um, they're all about stories about other members of invisible, like, sex. Yeah. And, like, other invisible, like, people. Except the one that's and the, and like, the random bodyguard that got murdered. Yeah, like, that oh, weird that's fucking the last issue. issue. <laughs> Oh my god, that's such a um, bummer. Well, before we get to that, before we get to that, yeah, um, and these all tie in because like Jim Crow, they all, comes yeah, they all back. tie together. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're talking um, about twelve to, issues of a of a very long run. Yeah, it's like and it's all very intentionally like set up to to interwoven. Yeah. There, that, there's literally yeah, so like ju- a scene in the in the second issue with a couple in the background that you don't even see until fifty issues later. And then they sh- and then you see that part of the conversation, like that's how and they tell you the whole thing. Yeah, that's yeah. like how intentionally yeah. set up this whole thing is. So yeah, it is all it is all a plan. Nothing is by mistake. It is all by design. Um, and and point of fact, there's another issue where we see this like British butler in this like royal estate, and he's this basically just monster. he feeds a yog sagoth. It's just this fucking yog sagoth <laughs> that comes through this mirror dimension. And he's the one in charge of. He's like, he's like, yeah, the you know the the pieces of meat that I'm feeding this thing do look oddly human, but I don't fucking ask questions, and he just feeds <laughs> it. So essentially, he's been doing this for five years. He was an invisible who was got. He was like a double agent, and then he started doing it and started feeling bad for the fucking creature because he doesn't know anything about it. It doesn't talk. It doesn't do anything. It just comes out of its thing, eats, and leaves. He thinks right? it likes. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I, he's like, I see myself in this thing. I think it likes me, and. 
we find out that it's part of um the the British elite and like the royal family. Some the royal family tried. Gone wrong, they right? tried to create the Moon Child That's to be it. the heir to the throne of England, and, and they accidentally created a fucking Lovecraft monster. <laughs> and then they tried so to they make that Lovecraft a, monster. They just keep it in a mirror dimension. I hate it when and that And they happens. tried to make that Lovecraft monster mate and breed with Princess Diana. And since she didn't want to do that, that's why they fucking murdered her. Oh, come um, on. Dude, I, this book, yeah. I'm telling you, it's too... Whatever you think it is, it's more. Yeah, that's and all it's I'm deeper, say. and it's everything. It's and fucking it's, yeah. Bonkers, yeah, this book is so bro. much, man. And, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, and this is like, honestly, not even... We're just, this is the just, tip of the fucking This is the iceberg. tip. It's but then, crazy. yeah, the, the very last issue of this book <laughs> is... <laughs> it seems a total non sequitur, and you see... Until the it, end of the issue, it is yeah. the it is it is the non-linear life story of this guy, and it's, it's like him in his like dying moment, but it's that him remembering his childhood with his brother and his brother like it, sitting at his brother's deathbed and dying, and like hit him and his wife and the, their first kid, and then him like hitting his wife and yeah, like you the see death everything of his, his mother, his it's, troubled, it's, fucked up life. It's literally his a, life flashing before his eyes. As King Mob shoots yeah. him in the head, in in like the second issue, yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. jumps you just, so far random, back for that. It mm-hmm. is a totally random henchman, and like it is, it there is a constant theme in this book of remembering that, like, hey, that henchman I just murdered, I'll bet he was probably a good laugh. You know, I'll bet he probably was pretty nice. Uh, yeah, if yeah. I took him out for a beer, we would probably get He was probably get along. a nice guy. He was probably yeah. just a guy doing a fucking job. This is a joke and, like, they do with the Venture a... Brothers a few times. It is, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah, this is a great issue. It's just like, what is this? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, oh <laughs> That was no. unnamed, <laughs> unnamed henchman number five that I was really like, psyched to die. Because like, he's yeah. a troubled kid. Like yeah. he grew up, he was troubled. He was like a soldier and he's clearly got fucking issues from that. His shitty brother. And like, you start to really feel bad for this guy. He's just trying his best. And then he gets get a job that pays the bills and he's trying yeah. to like make it work with his trying wife even with though he's kind of shitty and like He's he's trying, right? You he's know? trying. Yeah. You know, he's oh, got problems man. but he's like doing his best and then that yeah. was taken from him. And part of it is also when uh when Dane runs away after the the the, the whole Marquis de Sade things they come out of that and he has to battle against Orlando, the fucking fleshless demon yeah, thing. Yeah, him and Fanny. Um and then as he's getting, he, he just runs away. He's like, fuck this, I am out. And as he's running away, he encounters one of the soldiers and, and murders a guy. That's his first instance of, like, being a killer for the quote-unquote good guys. And he has an entire breakdown about it. He goes off yeah. the grid and can't handle it. And it's like, yeah, that's honestly, that should happen. Like, yeah, that's we, a we, normal human reaction. We, yeah, we, like, in these books, and they talk a lot about, like, James Bond kind of shit, where, we're like, the hero just, like, shoots people with no regard. And it's like, that's not... It's not good. That's not how <laughs> heroes are. And like even our heroes that have to do things like that should be fucked up by it. Yeah, I was like, let's yeah, not yeah. forget. I was playing the yeah. uh the the remake of the original Goldeneye for Ed 64, and so much of that <laughs> game is just run down this hallway and kill like 70 people. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is just nameless, faceless henchmen, and it's like, hey man, nameless faceless henchmen still had a family. Yeah, they still had people. Bill was you a know? good guy. He was trying, but you he was know. trying, you know? Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's the thing that, yeah, that, that comes back time and time again. And mm-hmm, it, for sure. Yeah. It, I think that's a really important part of like that shit. I just finished, uh, watching Andor 
uh, I gave up on it and I went back to it. And the big part of uh, Stellan Skarsgård character is just like, what what have I lost? Kinship, family, friendship, love. Like, I fuck it. I gave it all up. I used the tools of my oppressor to fight back. Like, this is not, not good. But it has to be done and somebody has to fucking do it. And yeah, like, boy later on has an entire, like, emotional meltdown over like I, I can't lose more people i can't do this fucking thing anymore i don't want to get close to you because you know i'm just gonna watch you die yeah yeah it's uh, a surprising level of depth of character development in a book where you don't know what the fuck is happening nine times out of ten <laughs> <laughs> that's what yeah. makes it work though yeah. because at the core of it it's just just a bunch of really oddball characters going through really absurd adventures and being cool as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely very cool. I cannot stress how fucking Lord cool. Yeah, King, King Mob has ever. probably the coolest jacket in all of comics. Like that is a yeah. Oh fucking yeah. cool. And Lord Fanny, I'm the really. Best. I, here's the thing. Yeah, Lord Fanny is the fucking the goat of all time. She's the fucking greatest. The number of times that she is like almost murdered by like transphobes and homophobes, and she just hits them back with like, "Oh, honey, you have a lovely dick, darling." Like she's just like. <laughs> <laughs> just hitting that. them back with the shit that that oh man it's so good that entire um, arc oh my god <laughs> and then also she just summons like a mesopotamian death god on you and murders you yep MF. that too so, um yeah sometimes her patron you, saint is like the goddess of filth it's a retrograde um, so isn't like it? or is it huh? it's a retrograde isn't it or is it someone else i i don't remember okay that's fine it's some ancient Mesoamerican god. Yeah, it's an Aztec goddess of filth. Um, yeah. and, and so part of her character development like that we learn about later on is that she was like a, a teenage prostitute in Rio and was like, li- like basically had to live through all of the fucking nightmares, like, like living in the dirt, just being like, at her words, like scum of the, of the earth to come through and be able to fight through all of it. Like, having to live through the depths of society to overcome it and be stronger for it. Um, Like, basically, she got the shit deal of patron saints and had to live, (laughs) like, this life of filth in order to overcome it. Uh, Yeah, like, like, at one point, her story's fucking great because she's born into this family of brujas in Brazil where all of the 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 sorcery is passed down through the women of the family and the mom has a boy and they're all fucking devastated and as they're trying to like have a girl the mom is murdered um because rio's fucked up and uh so the grandmother takes in fanny and i think i think her name is hild hilde hildy um and so like just just raises her as a girl like hey man we can trick the gods fuck them <laughs> and she she give her the choice they like basically like it's the the ball or the sword moment where they just like show her a dress and she, and her face lights up and it's like all right we're gonna raise her as a girl let's go um and then she does her like spirit journey and the bruja like her grandmother sees the gods that like chose her and they're like oh honey i'm so sorry you didn't deserve this this sucks <laughs> but I've then gone, like gone so her- far down down to the down to this book. Oh man, that's not even in this volume. I just oh, no, it is so not, much. dude. I this just, book. I just. If any book. of this made sense or sounded interesting, just read it. 
just fucking read it. I can't do it justice. <laughs> um, That's all. Like people that are still listening. It's fucking mm-hmm. crazy. Like apart from all the other esoteric magic nonsense, it's still a pretty like action-packed book too. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, we so talked there's about still Promethea. a pretty good comic around everything. Around yeah, we it. talked about Promethea, which is uh, Alan Moore desperately wanting to teach you. Like it's like a textbook on the Kabbalah, right? <laughs> and much. this book has no interest in teaching you anything about magic. It is just practicing magic. Yeah. And that is the action. Yeah, it's like throwing a bucket yeah. of glitter in the air. You might catch some of it, but like yeah. I think that's like <laughs> shows a it's a good way to show the two their two philosophies too. Yeah, exactly. And they're it's just like yeah. And they're yeah, they're, yeah. They're, it, it is a sense of like, capturing your attention with good art and good storytelling that happens to be chaos. I really, magic, they're both right? very magical, but they're coming at it from two different sides of the <laughs> I really miss and, and, yeah, this. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going back to my, my bucket of glitter analogy, sometimes you get some of it on you and you can't get it off. That's where I'm at, man. That's, yeah. I accidentally incepted myself with this book, I think. I think this, this is not a small part of who I am as a person. I really miss this era of Vertigo. <laughs> Well, I miss Vertigo yeah. in general, I guess yeah. now. Right. Vertigo. Um, but like, in the ni- so in many the 90s and early 2000s when they had gotten the British invasion and and everything and they were just they just like let people do whatever the fuck they wanted and it was and it, there's yeah. all of these like that's where so okay. many great comic books came out of and then like thank I can't you Karen even, Berger. Thank I you so much. Yeah, honestly. I can't even imagine having such radical Specifically, just Fanny, radical trans representation in comics like this, this would not fly in 2023 because words are being thrown around that are intense. Examples of, you know, like sexual assault are fucking intense and it's going to upset people, even the people that are with it. You know what I mean? So, like, it's funny. It would would upset both sides of the aisle. On on one end, people would. would think it was too woke. And on the other end, people would be upset by the, you know, the honesty. Gr- yeah. It's a good way the, to put it. The the dirty side of life and like the the danger that trans women have to live with in the world. And that was explicitly talked about and shown in this comic in fucking nineteen ninety five. And I'm not seeing anything like that. Everything that does it feels like people trying to approach <laughs> trans representation are either not trans, which is a problem, but also doing it in a very sanitized way because they don't want to upset people. And it's like Neither are necessarily beneficial to actually. We're gonna, we're we're coming up on a precipice of a slippery slope conversation. No, I mean, I'm, t- I'm not saying like you should be explicit and horrible. Oh like, no, that's I'm not what saying- I'm saying. I'm just saying I I agree with you. There's a reason why it's sanitized, but that's a different conversation for a sure. different podcast. And also, I think like having Grant Morrison be one of the most prominent writers of the British Invasion and queer as fuck is phenomenal you know what i mean like i don't think we've gotten such good mainstream queer representation in comics in this way uh except for like isn't this nice and it's nice i love those we need happy queer comics we absolutely need that but we need real ones too and they're not mutually exclusive like i don't (laughs) want to see you know like there's that talk about like you know like don't like stop killing your your gays like that like horror movies always kill the gay character there's this like total fucking uh uh 
what's it called? A cliche of like the, the gay character has to suffer, you know? And like, I don't want that to happen, but it happens. Like people live lives and it sucks. Like there's trauma happens to everyone. And well, excluding that because they're queer. There's also this lens of like, just because the gay character is suffering isn't because, isn't because we're doing it because they're gay. Right? Exactly. There's, that's the, I think... I think this that's the slippery where slope of this conversation is like everything is seen. If there is trauma being a put on someone that is of a minority or a sexuality or a race, it's seen as exploitation when it could just actually just be real life. And it's a very, it could fine just line. be the, yeah. And I, I feel like the, the reality of the, like, yes. sure. This book takes place in a bunch of fucking magical realm bullshit that like is <laughs> mind blowing. But at the end of the day, the character development of these characters is real as fuck. And they Correct. all experience fucked up trauma in a very real way. And they're not the only ones. I'm sure it, lots of people related to, uh, to Fanny's story Yeah, in this book, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Okay. But, you know, and like, it sh and I think showing specifically her being a victim of violence because she's a trans woman is important to see because we're still dealing with that. And it's fucking tra tragic that we're still dealing with that in such a real way in fucking 2023. And like for people that have never met a trans woman, this is a very good representation because Grant is fucking queer as hell. And like, maybe they haven't had to experience quite such severe because they have like the male privilege of appearing yeah and i'm sure male in I'm the sure world they know plenty of people that exactly have, yeah they've been in those circles since it was very fucking dangerous to be in those fucking circles in like fucking uh edinburgh in like the fucking 60s 70s 80s and all that shit you know what i mean like anyway this is a super digression but i just i feel like i haven't seen such radical queer comics not in a long to. fucking time huh no one's gonna let them i it's unfortunate because i feel like this is you know it's gonna piss people off but it needs to fucking exist you know right but it's gonna it's not gonna piss people off for the reason it should be piss people off like it's not even gonna piss people off because it's like oh man it's a woke but it's just it's a it's gonna piss the people who should be for it off and that's the problem i mean that's not to say there aren't great queer comics out there oh no of course i just oh, think but there's i know not what enough Casey's saying there's not enough queer creators at the helm without the editorial backing. Like the, the, what you were saying, like Karen Berger is the reason this book exists because it was just an editor that was like, do whatever the fuck you want. She and saw, I, I she saw talent you. and just said, fucking go. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the problem is that it's, it's not being sanitized by the writers or the creators or anything. It's being sanitized by editorial because they don't want to have a fucking scandal. That's it. They just, they just don't want a Twitter Correct. war. That's we, live in, we live in a different world than we did when Grant was writing this book. That's why we need more yeah. publishers like, uh, like The Nib or Silver Sprocket who, Absolutely. you know, yeah. search out and... Like, you can get these books out, but the problem is, if you're not of Grant-level name recognition, it's hard to get an image book out. It's hard to sell, you know, you're going to be on a... You're not going to be able to get a comic yeah, book Yeah, like and the fact out. that, like, they immediately went, like ultra rich and ultra famous from fucking arkham asylum and then everything after that was just added bonus like they didn't yeah. they didn't have to worry about making money they had to worry about like being able to put this book into the world and that's a beautiful and that could be fucking a part combination of, it too, right? of 
Yeah, that's a beautiful combination of just like, I don't give a fuck what anyone This is thinks. the first thing uh, he, you know, Grant slaps on someone's desk. Like, they're going to say, get the fuck get out the of here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> they're yeah. they're going to be like, ah, no, they, how do you feel about Doom Patrol? And they're like, I, well, I guess we could do Doom Patrol instead. <laughs> so I think that's part of that's, But I, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting digression. Yeah, and obviously sure. that, is a, that is all purely my opinion. And obviously, if you disagree, please talk to me. I, I, I'm obviously not a trans woman and i don't have that personal experience i think grant morrison actually has a better experience with that than i do just living as a, a, a drag queen in the world at some point in their lives um but yeah like i i i think it's an important conversation that we need to have and i think people are afraid to have it because they they are afraid of the fucking pc bullshit you know what i mean like which also if i say pc bullshit then i sound like a fucking right-wing asshole but I think everyone, if you're still listening, you know I'm not that. It's been like, co-opted. It doesn't it has, mean what it yeah, used to exactly. mean. Like, there's, it's all, it's all gotten so muddy over, especially the last three years. It's gotten. You know what so... we need? We need actual fucking punk rock in culture again. And I don't just mean music. This book is the punkest saying, fucking dude. thing I've ever consumed, like, ever. Like, name a band. Fuck it. This book is the most punk thing that I've ever experienced. <laughs> and uh. Yeah, like that, we need that. We needed a fucking injection of just like, fuck your opinions and fuck your feelings. This is what I want to say. I mean, it's out there. It doesn't mean what it used to mean. It's not as loud as it should be. Yeah, and it's it's not as uh, radical. (laughs) The whole thing's diluted anyway, you know, right? So easy to get content out, so it's hard to get it out to people who care about it. Anyway, we're getting way off track here. I, but I mean, I, I would say <laughs> if you're a fan of Department of Truth, that is the spiritual brainchild of Invisibles in very similar ways, but it's just taking it into that political spectrum even further. It feels like it could be a story in the Invisibles. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. Of like a, an Invisible getting recruited into the Department of Truth, this clandestine organization that's in charge of like controlling yeah. reality. You Doom know, Patrol like, too. If you're coming from that side, if you Doom like Patrol, Doom Patrol, absolutely. you'll like Invisibles. Um, it's just Doom Patrol cranked up to four million. And there's a lot of like um, being aware of of the fact that it is a two dimensional medium, and then we exist in a three dimensional medium, and time is the fourth dimension, and like that's all fucking Animal Man shit too. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, like there's pieces of this and other things that are time. easier to grasp. Um, but this is the cranked up to 11. If you just want the fucking training wheels taken off on the craziest punk rock shit you've ever seen. It's like, (laughs) this is it. Grant puts a little bit of themselves into every book they, they write. Right. But this Mm -hmm. one, they put their whole self into it. Like for mm -hmm. better or for worse. They almost, yeah, they didn't leave anything. They left it all on the craziest story. Warts and all. It's literally the crazy. It's like one of the craziest things I've ever fucking read. Yeah. (laughs) because <laughs> it's one of those things like it doesn't matter if you think that's what happened that's what happened that's what they, grant they believes know, they, they know that know that's, what happened. that's yeah. what happened I, it doesn't matter like because yeah i was right. telling zach it's about the craziest that. shit dude. i was telling zach about that and zach's like that's fucking in- that's stupid that's insane that's that's ridiculous like why are you telling me this i'm like i'm just telling you what they know like, well, if it didn't work not- he- they'd be dead yeah exactly that's so, all like, i that's all i know <laughs> but also like Oh, I had a it's, thing and I lost it. It's, it's I lost fucking it real hard. wild, bro. Oh, my brain farted. My brain farted so hard. Uh... When he says that shit about the Catman do thing, he's like, look, you might think I'm crazy, but I know what happened. Yeah. 
I know what I I, I I know what I experienced. It's, it's like, it's you like might a, believe me, and that's fine. It's like a Bigfoot witness. Like yeah. it's it's that same kind yeah. of feeling of like it's like, a Bigfoot witness, but honestly, something happened to them, and it for literally changed them. So forever. their experience with whatever meeting, I think we've referenced it briefly in the last episode. Time the angels. time angels, the fucking <laughs> the the time buttholes. Like they saw. They saw something took them into this, the fourth dimension and they saw how time works and the interconnectivity of it all made them from realize now, from the beginning of time. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. but it made them realize like that. We are all everyone is valid. Everyone has every person's life has meaning. It's all it's all interconnected in a way that we can never truly like comprehend. And that has made them who they are. So this, this, whether you give a shit what happened or what they think they saw or what they know they saw, doesn't matter because it has fundamentally changed them as a person and made them a better person. And I think we are better for it because that came through in the books as well. Like I have a different perspective on time because of the way that they perceive time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I necessarily believe all the shit that they're saying, but the way they break it down of like us in the, th- in the third dimension, right? We're reading a comic book, which is two-dimensional, and we have the ability to flip back and forth between the pages. So we can, we can flip to the end and, or like flip back to the beginning and be like, oh, what did this person say? What was that person's name? And Time people, buttholes. The characters in the, in the story don't know that we have the ability to see their past and their future at any given time. We have the whole book at our disposal, yeah. and they're trapped in that second dimension. And it looks like buttholes. So the fourth dimension is stepping outside of time and seeing that it's all happened. It's all has happened and all will happen and always has happened. And having that perspective is really beneficial to like giving a shit. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Well, depending on who you are, because uh, <laughs> Nietzsche saw, saw the same thing as like, yeah, nothing fucking matters anymore. Well, that's, yeah. That I've, I've taken into, like, psychedelics. Nihilist, right? I know what you're saying. So it depends. It depends on how <laughs> what you see and how it affects you. To him, to to them, it, it forever changed. It made it changed him for in, in a different way than other people, right? So it's just it's very interesting to know that that's. I mean, that, that's kind of where this book started, and like everything kind of came from there. That is a common yeah. thread among like the psychedelics community, where like when we were first developing psychedelics as a drug, it was to. It, it was to treat things like severe depression and alcoholism, where you can take somebody into a controlled environment, give them this this such a profound experience that they're different when they come out of it. Like they're not the yeah. person that needs a drink anymore. Yeah, it's it's weird how it works. I mean, it was also tried to use it. They can also definitely go the other way. That's the problem. Yeah. Mind control shit through it. So. Um. But yeah, no, it, it definitely in like, you know, the Invisibles characters themselves take a shitload of acid uh, <laughs> constantly throughout the book, which is not a mistake, too. Um, but yeah, and, and when they're talking about they're like, yeah, if you think that I was on drugs when I had like the Time Angels experience in Kathmandu, it's just like, where the give me that drug again. I would love to take that drug again. We should it, give that drug to people Grant's so they can have a fucking they, they can experience God. Like they could have like the most biblical spiritual experience you can imagine and become a better person. Like let's just constantly like whatever the fuck it was, please tell me. You know? <laughs> Probably salvia, honestly. That's what it sounds like to me. Pe- I think peyote if it's gonna be anything. Ayahuasca or something. That's what happens when you um, like the time butthole. 
something that doesn't have a Which name. Which is definitely a thing that Grant Morrison. Something that doesn't have a name, but a tribe somewhere knows how to make it. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, and and I will say also, uh, just very briefly because we've dug really deep. Very briefly. Um, yeah, at the, okay. the brief. Uh, chaos magic as a principle is the act of believing everything, so you can believe nothing. Like it is using all. Like it is. It is. Believing nothing in particular so that you can take the, the god or the, the uh, belief system or the ritual that you need for the, for the purpose. So it feels like a big hodgepodge of different mythologies and uh, spiritual systems and shit because it is. Well, it's, it's, it's all about the- thought forms. Like all of this, all of this re- exactly. religionism stuff, like it all, it all can kind of boil down to we're trying to make you feel a certain way as quickly and easily as possible. And that's kind of what chaos magic is. That's what sigil magic yeah, is. Yeah, it's just picking the tools out of your toolbox that you need for the job. It's the cheat sheet for magic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and it's, uh, I, I really, that, that appeals to me as a pragmatic person who's really interested in magic. Like, realistically, do I believe any of it? No. Do I believe in people's belief in it? Absolutely. Like, belief gives things power, and if you can harness that power, that'd be fucking cool. You know what I mean? I don't know. I've lost my fucking mind. I've gone completely... Gone too far. You've gone too too far. far. Well, this is fun. We have digressed Um, seven times. This was... We're never gonna come back. RJ died. He gave up. He's asleep. This this is what I love about (laughs) comics, right? Like, last week we were talking about Wally West and The Flash, and like, you know... Yeah. Just... You can have fun. Easy, you can talk. Easy and fun. You can talk and argue about superpowers and what they mean and what they could do. And then sometimes you you get into some really cerebral, um, deep, dark shit. And you know, comics is yeah. everything. Com- it, it it's such a it's such a beautiful medium. The real ironic part of this is that the Flash is Grant Morrison's favorite superhero. Of course so. he is. <laughs> Come up with needle. that connection. <laughs> let's get the fuck um, out all right here. so yeah no i uh i apologize for going as insane as i did but i hope somebody out there was with me on the ride i don't know i'm sorry i'm sorry for hey, every now and again we have one of these one of these episodes where we get a little new agey and uh you know whatever because it's comics and you know comics are fun as fuck <laughs> <laughs> that's all it that's all that matters all right so uh let's let's i mean if you dare continue the conversation over on our discord i'll give you a link to that in the episode description uh so you can you know join in on the conversation totally free come talk to us come hang out um also uh consider joining our patreon we have a a, what seems like an endless pool of patreon exclusive content out there i think there's like 600 plus episodes of stuff that only our patreon members get so get in on that good stuff uh go to duelinggenre.com slash support and you know give us some give us some of your money uh yeah so for for us we're tales from the short box uh goodbye everybody <laughs> <laughs>